Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about an opportunity that's happening right now in my private Facebook group, The Business Side of Dog Photography. I'm doing a four-week marketing challenge that has a bingo board where every week I'm giving you guys a video with some instructions to go through six of the bingo squares and launch the marketing part of your business this year, whether you're a brand new business or you've been in business a while. You can update things. You can start some new initiatives, clean up your marketing, do a planning calendar for the year. And then in the last week, we're going to be reaching out to future clients and starting some of those initiatives. So go to Facebook, look up the business side of dog photography, or check out my page, Barking Dog Photography Coaching, and look for my um, post about the Facebook group. You can find it there as well. And join the group and get started with the marketing challenge today. Welcome to Fetching Profits, the podcast about the business side of dog sport event photography. Now for your host, Nadia Hall of Barking Dog Images. Today's episode is a big topic. We're going to be discussing pricing. This topic has a lot of math. It might cause you some anxiety. You might not want to deal with accounting, but I swear this is going to be a huge revelation. If you just put in the work and crunch some of the numbers, you're going to really be able to be confident in what you're charging people and have a reason to back up your prices for this upcoming year. Oftentimes, I see photographers charging super low prices. Maybe they're just starting out. They don't really know what to charge. So they look at the market. They look at what other photographers are doing. And this kind of perpetuates those really low prices, especially for digitals from dog sport events. People think, oh, you know, it didn't take me that much work to make them. So I can't really charge that much for them. And then at the same time, I see people posting in Facebook groups saying things like, does anyone really make a full-time salary off of this? Or I really want to quit my day job. I want to do this full-time. And then they're charging $5 for a digital image and thinking that that's going to get them a salary if they do this full-time. So I think it's something that people just don't really know what to calculate. They just let the market guide them rather than actually having a reasoning for their pricing. So for this episode, I'm going to walk you through your cost of doing business, which is the cost that you are paying to run your business, whether or not you're booking events, whether or not you're booking sessions, plus the cost of actually doing the sessions themselves, plus the cost of paying yourself, which is very important. You have to know how much you want to actually pay yourself when you're setting your pricing so that when you go throughout the year and you're booking these events and you're making profits off of them, part of that is your salary that's already been calculated in and you're able to give that salary back to yourself. It's not selfish to want to pay yourself. In fact, that's why you're doing this as a job. A lot of people think that they shouldn't be making money off of it. They feel really icky about making money. The word profit might freak them out. The title of this podcast, Fetching Profits, might give them some negative feelings. And I could do a whole nother episode about um, money mindsets and thoughts about money. But remember that money does not have any value in and of itself. It is a tool. It is an exchange. We give money. We get money. It flows in. It flows out. 
and you do need to be able to pay yourself. So that's something we're going to be calculating in today. And finally, the title of this episode is pricing, and we will be talking about how to price what you sell, how to decide what to sell, and how to kind of experiment with that to make sure you're hitting your goals for the year. So what are your costs of doing business? I'm going to go through some of my actual costs for the year. So I'm going to be revealing a bit about my business. What I've done is I've tried to go through and take the costs that relate just to doing dog sport events. But I've also taken out a large national event that I did in October because I think that's not as realistic for people who are doing mostly local events, one ring, two rings. Maybe they have some contractors, they do some rentals, things like that but they're not doing huge amounts of travel or contracting out. So I'm just kind of keeping it to the local events I did last year. I've excluded some of my costs that relate only to portrait. Of course, all of this knowledge applies to people who are portrait dog photographers, but since there's not really much out there helping dog sport photographers do their cost of doing business or set their pricing, that's really what I'm focusing on in this episode. So First, we'll talk about the differences between fixed costs and variable costs. Fixed costs are the costs that your business needs to run, whether you're booking events or sessions or if you're not. So these are things like your business license you have to pay every year, your website hosting, your gallery website, your client management system if you have one, accounting software, your accountant if you have somebody do your taxes, business insurance or any other kind of monthly subscription that's going to be happening whether or not you have an event that month. Now, variable costs relate to the events themselves or the sessions themselves. Let's say I want to rent a lens every time I do an event. Maybe I want to rent a 400 millimeter lens and that's not something I own. That would pertain per event. And so that's a variable cost per event. The same thing goes for travel fees. Maybe I get a hotel every time I do an event that's more than two hours away. Credit card fees, that only applies to the profits I'm making, and they would not exist if I was not making sales. The cost of goods sold, that is a phrase that has to do with the cost of products that you're selling. So if you're selling things like t-shirts, water bottles, prints, canvases, things that you are buying and then giving to the client, you have a cost. So if that print costs you $2 and you charge the client $15, that $2 is per print. That's a variable cost. And then, of course, taxes that you collect, you'll then need to remit to your state. So, sales tax collected and then paid out would be part of your variable cost because you're only collecting that amount if you're making sales. You could also exclude this taxes paid item and just figure out your sales pre tax, but I like to include it because I actually do include sales tax in my pricing. So it's important to figure out the amount of taxes I'm going to be remitting after I have this total number. So that might have been a little bit overwhelming, but just to review, I have fixed costs for my business. Those are happening no matter what. And then I have variable costs for my business. And those are only happening when I have events or if I have photography sessions. So those are per event. I'm going to go through some of my fixed costs and what they actually cost me last year to do some local events. So under advertising and marketing, I paid $617 to buy banners, stickers, and business cards. 
I've been giving out business cards and stickers at my event tables. People love it. And I also have a bunch of banners that I either hang on my tent if I'm outside or hang them on the wall or on my tables if I'm inside. My business licenses, so my license for my LLC and then my Wisconsin Department of Revenue license to make sales, that was $47 for the year. My website hosting and all the plugins I use to build my website, this cost me a lot of money because I have something fairly custom built on WordPress, and that cost me $560 last year. My client management system, I use Stubsado. I use this mostly for portraits but I am including it in this podcast because for a while I used Dubsado to manage all of my prepays for events, and I think it can be really useful for that. That cost me $400 per year. My gallery websites, I have this in a separate line than my website hosting because I'm still actually paying for old gallery websites because I promised clients that I will leave events and portrait sessions posted for one year. So It hasn't been a year since I've switched away from CloudSpot. Luckily, it has been over a year since I switched away from PixieSet, so I'm not paying for PixieSet anymore, but I did pay for CloudSpot all of last year, so that cost me $320. Accounting software. I use QuickBooks Online. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I don't love QuickBooks, and I think anyone who's spoken to me the past two weeks, I've been kind of like cursing out QuickBooks. My accountant requires it. I think most accountants or CPAs, like they're all going to require you to use QuickBooks Online. That costs me $360 a year. Memberships and continuing education. This one's really important, I think, because you need to have some kind of budget for you to keep learning, for you to take classes, get coaching if you need it, and then memberships. For example, I'm a member of PPA, Professional Photographers Association, and they have a ton of resources. That's where I get my business insurance, and they also have equipment insurance included in their memberships, which I have used before. I shattered a lens, and they completely covered the repair with a small deductible. I think it was only like $300, and the repair would have cost me thousands. So I highly recommend them. And we can't forget a cost that we probably know very well, which is the cost of editing software like Adobe Lightroom, Adobe Photoshop. And I actually have all of the Adobe apps because I use things like InDesign and Premiere Rush to edit videos or edit my book. So that costs me $60 a month. I also have access to Topaz software, which I love. I use Topaz Denoise and Topaz Sharpen. So all together, those two softwares are costing me about $716 for the year. My accountant costs $660. He does a quarterly review and then he also does my um, taxes at the end of the year for my whole household. And then new gear and supplies. I put a lot of money into this last year. I bought a new lens. The previous year I actually bought my R5, my R3, three new lenses so this would have been way higher but this year I only bought the 135 RF lens and that cost me about $2,900. Now salary this is a fixed expense because I'm going to pay myself no matter how many events or sessions I book. I might not be able to hit this number but this is my goal for the year so I just put $50,000 just based off of events. I feel like that's a great number to try to hit 
if this is a side hustle, if you're not quitting your job, or maybe you're just part-time at your job, part-time in photography, I did that for about a year. Maybe you're going to be more like 25000 30000 It's really up to you and what you want to earn, but you do need to have some kind of number in here. Otherwise, you're just going to be doing these events to break even, which does not seem like a good use of your time, in my opinion. So before we talk about variable expenses, I actually want to talk about how many events or sessions per year you're going to be able to fit into your available hours. Before we can decide the variable expenses, you kind of need to know how many events you'll be doing so that you can apply those costs to the number of events. For example, let's figure out how many hours per week you want to work. The typical number, of course, is 40. So we've got 40 hours per week. And then think about how many weeks per year you want to work. I do not recommend saying 52. I think it's crazy to think you're never going to want to take a vacation or never going to need a week off for sickness. I personally take four weeks off per year. That has worked out for me. So if you're working 48 weeks per year and 40 hours per week, you'll be working 1,920 hours per year. The next thing you need to know is how much time it takes you to do an event. This one is also going to be probably an entire episode, but I highly recommend tracking your time when you're actually working on events so you can get down to the real number of hours you spend on each event and you're not kind of living in a fantasy land where you think each day is eight hours and you only spend two days shooting and that's it because that's definitely not true. There's prep time before the event. You're going to be emailing the host. You're going to be preparing your run orders, preparing your memory cards and your equipment, packing up the night before, advertising the event. If you do pre-sales, you'll be doing a ton of that. If you do something like a sign-up list, you'll need to create the sign-up list, create your mailing list. There's tons of work you need to do before the event. And then there's the actual hours that you spend at the event shooting. Those days are not eight hours long. I like to pay myself for driving. So typically we're looking at 10 to 12 hours per day when you're shooting an event, especially if it's further away. Then we're talking about the post work. So what are you doing after the event and how many hours does that take you? One thing that I work with a lot with my coaching students is how to automate and streamline these workflows and make the whole event take less time so that you can have more profits from it. So I spend about five hours after the event just sorting and getting things posted on the website. And then I might spend another five to 10 fulfilling orders, things like retouching images. Those take me some time, creating collages, submitting product orders, water bottles, t-shirts, answering questions. Sometimes people have trouble checking out and I need to kind of log into their account and help them out. So what I recommend doing is using either an app on your phone or an app on your computer or just manually turning on a timer every single time you're working on something related to the event and actually tracking all of these hours you're spending. I think if you're doing something like manually sorting photos into dog folders, manually uploading one folder at a time, if you're editing every single photo that gets posted online, Oh my goodness, I bet you are spending 20, 30, 40 hours or more on each event. 
just on the post work. And when you do this calculation of cost of doing business, you're going to come to a very different number than we're talking about in this episode. So I urge you to kind of think about those workflows and automation for the next year if these numbers are not coming out the way you think they should. So getting back to the cost of doing business, I have 1,920 hours per year. I'm spending about 50 hours each time I do an event. I came to that number by thinking about 10-hour days times three. So if I'm shooting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that's about 30. Then I'm spending 10 hours before the event preparing and doing pre-sales and 10 hours after the event getting the photos posted and helping people check out, make their order, fulfill all their orders, all of those types of things. Your numbers might be completely different. But just for me, this is what it takes for me to shoot a three-day event. Now, I am not spending every hour of every workday working on events. Clearly, I'm spending my time right now recording a podcast. And I also spend time working on my business by doing marketing, advertising, reaching out to events to book them that might not pan out, networking, posting on social media. There's tons of stuff I do for my business that aren't related to an actual event, and those are called overhead costs. Mostly my overhead costs have to do with the time I'm spending working on my business and not working on an actual client order or an actual event order. So to calculate in those overhead costs or overhead time, I'm going to count about 10 hours per week of my 40 hours working on things other than events that only pertain to my business. When I multiply this by the 48 weeks that I'm working per year, remember I'm taking four weeks off per year for things like vacation time or unplanned sick time, that leaves me with 1,440 hours per year to work directly on events. Now, we've decided that it takes me 50 hours to do an event So all I need to do is divide this 1,440 by 50 to see how many events I should be taking on per year. And that number is 28.8, or I'm going to actually round it down to 28 for this example. So I know I'm going to be doing 28 events over 11 months. That's between two and three events per month, which I think sounds super reasonable. You don't want to be that person doing an event every single weekend. I personally can't do that because I trial my own dogs. I also have a life. I think a lot of people, you know, leave things like dog sport event photography or wedding photography because they really want their weekends back. So I think planning that you're going to have weekends off or weekends for yourself is a really smart move if you're getting into this industry. That's also one reason why over half of my business is portraits. Is because I can do those portraits during the week and then I can do about one event per month. And that really evens out my income and I'm able to still do both because I enjoy doing both. So let's just imagine you're doing two or three events per month. You're only an event photographer. Now we can go back to those variable costs and figure out per event, what am I spending on these different costs? And then if I'm doing 28 of them, what is that going to cost throughout the year? So these include things like equipment rentals, if you're renting lenses or bodies, 
For a while, I didn't actually have a lens or a body I could use for dog sports, and I would rent one every single time. People might think I'm crazy, but there are ways to get into this industry without even owning the gear you need. I also have travel fees. This doesn't apply to every event. Of course, sometimes I can shoot events that are super local to me, about 10 minutes away. And sometimes I have to travel two hours or more and I need to get a hotel. I need to pay for gas. I need to pay for meals while I'm on the road. Credit card fees apply to the amount of profits I make. My fees are between 2.6 and 2.9%, and that's through either Stripe or Square. The cost of goods sold relates to the products that you're selling and if you have any costs for them. The great thing about selling digitals from dog sport events is that your cost of goods sold is super low. You might have a website that charges you for delivery of those digitals. I really hope you don't. I really hope you're not on a website that has a commission fee like Smugbug or Zenfolio because that just comes directly off of your own salary. But if you're selling digitals, ideally that cost of goods sold is zero. If you are selling prints or other products like t-shirts and water bottles, things like I do that are great souvenirs from events, collages are really popular too. You're going to have some more costs in there. I try to keep them between 10% and 25% of what I charge for the item, and that keeps me on track for profits from the event. You might also have contractors that you need to pay. So if you have second shooters or associate shooters at your event, obviously you need to factor in their costs, your variable expenses. And then, like I said, I also put my sales tax in here because my prices are all sales tax inclusive. And I like to just calculate that into my variable cost for each event. So I know I'm going to have the money to then remit to the state of Wisconsin if I'm collecting sales tax in Wisconsin. Oh, so that was a lot. I have all of my fixed expenses for the year, including my salary. And then I have all of my variable expenses that I calculated for my 28 events that I'm going to do over the 11 months of the year. This comes out to about $58,000 in fixed expenses. That includes my $50,000 goal salary. And then my variable expenses comes out to about $20,000. So now all I need to do is divide all of that, the total of my fixed expenses and my variable expenses by those 28 events, and I'm going to get a goal number for my profits for each event. Based on the math, I need to be earning $2,785 for each of the 28 events I do throughout the year. Now, this is just an average. There might be events where I'm earning $5,000, and then some other events where I'm earning $1,000. And it just needs to average out to this amount to hit the goals that I want for the year to pay myself that $50,000 salary. This example has actually been really great for me because my previous goal for each event I did was $2,500. So now I know looking at my expenses for last year, I actually need to raise my bar a little bit and try to get closer to that $2,700 or $2,800 range for each event I'm doing. So now we can finally get into the topic of the episode. I know it's already been like 20 minutes and we haven't even gotten to the part where we talk about pricing. So why did we do all of this before we even talked about pricing? Because we needed to know our goal for each event. So 
how can I set my prices if I don't know I'm trying to hit that $2,700 or $2,800 range for each event? Now we're going to get into even more numbers. I hope you guys aren't sick of the numbers yet because these kind of statistics and data analysis tasks are really why I think my background as a data scientist helps me so much as a dog sport event photographer. If this is really freaking you out, I highly recommend we chat and do some coaching because I could nerd out about these kind of statistics all day and trying to do a volume sport business without analyzing your statistics feels like you're just walking in the dark. So I pulled up an event here that is an example trial that I'm going to talk through some numbers. This is a UKI show I did last February. And I have all of my numbers in an Airtable. I love Airtable. You can use it for free. It's basically like a jacked up Excel spreadsheet. You can use these cool little drop downs, color coding, sorting, filtering. You can view it like cards, like Trello. I'm not sponsored by Airtable, but if you guys hear me, I'd love to be sponsored by you because I use an Airtable for every single event I do. So just to talk through the columns I have in this table, I have each row as a dog's name and then the information of the handler, the first name, last name, email, and then I also have their status. So whether or not I've sent them an email, I actually only email people that sign up for my mailing list. So it's not like I'm cold emailing everyone. The people that are on the running order that they didn't give me an email, they're on this table. So I'm aware of how many people were total at the show but they don't have an email set to them. They don't have a status unless they make a digital purchase from my album. So I have their status here, whether or not they've made a purchase, if they're waiting on a proof, if I need to submit their product, or if I've just emailed them. And then I have a couple different checkboxes. So whether or not they've logged into view, whether or not they've created a favorites list, if I've sent them a reminder about their favorites list or their abandoned cart, I used to do this all manually, but now with Sunshine Photo Cart, I don't have to do those favorites list reminders and abandoned cart reminders manually anymore. And then when they do make a purchase, I change their status and I note down what they've purchased, their total sales, and then my cost of goods sold. So I'm aware of the profit margins I'm making. And I'm also aware of the types of products I'm selling that can help me modify things in the future. So just to talk through a couple statistics. This was a smaller show and there were 36 handlers total. Of those, 30 handlers signed up for my email notifications. So they signed up to get an email notification when the album was ready. Of those, all 30 of them viewed it, which is great. They all got the email and clicked on the link. And then it looks like 29 of the 36 handlers at the show have a favorites list and that's 80.56%. If they create a favorites list and they don't check out, I was sending them an email reminder. So I have that checked off for 52.78%. And after all is said and done for this event, so it's been about a year and I've actually still had some purchases from this event through the Black Friday sale that I do every year. It looks like about two-thirds or 66.67% have made a purchase for a total revenue of $2,569.33.
My cost of goods sold for this event was not very high. It looks like I have a couple crate tags and one 8x10 print. That cost me about $36.75. My average purchase at this event was $107, which is actually pretty high for me. So to generalize this a little bit more, my numbers tend to be around 75% of people signing up for an email notification compared to the amount of people on the running order that I have access to before the event. Regardless of whether or not they signed up for my email list, I tend to average about 60% up to this two-thirds number, so the 66% of people who make a purchase from the album and averaging about $100 per person. This doesn't mean that they're all spending exactly $100, although that is a pretty common number for me because people will buy 10 instant digitals, which is exactly $100. Sometimes people are spending a lot more than that, especially if they have multiple dogs and they're buying all images for all of those dogs. And some people will only buy one or two digitals. I, I don't have my pricing set up in a way that it is um, cost prohibitive to just buy one or two. So sometimes people who have a lower budget will just go that way. And I'm looking at the average of all of the purchases across the event coming into about that $100 price. Now, what I want you to do is look back at the last event you did or the events you did last year and go through and calculate some of these numbers and see how similar to mine they are. I think the percentage of sales you're going to make and the average sale you're going to make depends on quite a few factors, including the sport, the venue, the lighting conditions, like maybe you make way more when you're shooting outside than you do inside. Maybe you make more with Fast Cat compared to Barn Hunt because the photos are just prettier or people tend to like photos more. I tend to make a lot more with agility than I do with other dog sports. And it also depends on the level of the event. So you might be making more at a regional event or multi-ring event than you are at a local trial. It also depends on the saturation of photographers in your area. So if there's a photographer every single weekend, especially if that person is you. <laughs> I think people saturate themselves a lot. People might not buy from you because they're like, oh, well, we'll see what they get next weekend. And so kind of rotating yourself around a lot helps. And then shooting sports that don't have a photographer can also really help. And I think that's a lot of what happened at that UKI trial I shot is there just hadn't been a photographer in the area for a very long time. And so I'm looking now at a different agility trial I did at a venue where there tends to be a photographer more often. And there were 71 dogs. My sales were right at 50%. And my average sale was closer to $85. Of course, you need to do all of these calculations for yourself. This is just an example I'm talking through for this podcast. I do want you to be able to know your numbers so that you can go into this next step of figuring out what you're going to sell, and what you're going to price it at. Now, this is the really fun part. This is why you're all listening, right? What to sell and how to price it. What I want you to do is go back through all of your data that you've now collected from all of your past shows and see what is the most common purchase that people make. For example, I mentioned earlier, it's very common for people to buy 10 of the web size instant download images for me. That's a really easy thing to purchase. 
Sometimes they get five for each dog or maybe 10 of one dog. They want them right away. They don't want them high resolution and retouched, sent to them later. And that comes out to exactly $100. It's also really common for people to buy something like three retouched digitals, which brings me to that amount. Or they might buy five instant downloads and a water bottle, which also brings them around that amount. So I tried to price things so that it's easy for people to be hitting my average. And it makes sense for them psychologically that what they're prone to buy, what their most common purchase from you is going to be, is going to be hitting that number you need to hit for your show. If you're getting a ton of purchases of one, two, or three low-res digitals and you want to encourage them to be buying more, then create some kind of tiered pricing or some kind of package that's going to encourage them to upgrade and get more and get you closer to that average. For example, I have my images priced at $15 for a website's low-resolution download. These are instant downloads for my website. They have no editing done to them. They're straight out of camera JPEGs. Super easy for me to sort and post right away. Really reduces those hours I spend on getting images done after the event. And they're priced accordingly. They're $15 each. But if they buy 10 or more, it goes down to $10 each. So I'm encouraging people to get that average purchase up. And another... Thing you can do is kind of encourage them with deals or packages. Like if you buy 10 digitals, you get a free print. If you buy all of the images of your dog, you get the images sooner. If you prepay, you save $25. And then your prepay package is only above $100. That's what I do. All of my prepay packages are $140 or more. I don't have anything prepay that's going to be lower than the average I want people to spend with me. So you need to get in the head of your client, get in the head of the dog handler. And if you run events yourself, you know exactly how to do this because you can think like your customer and think, what am I going to buy? If it's going to be $20 for one digital and $25 for five digitals, I'm going to buy five. And if it's going to be $30 for 10, I'm going to buy 10. These are silly examples. I don't actually think you should use pricing this similar to each other. But it's just an example of what psychologically you would think if you saw numbers like that. People are always looking for a deal. We are deal seekers. We love coupons. We love packages. So when you're setting your pricing, always have this average purchase in mind. And you're going to psychologically get your client to that point. And they might not all get there. Like I said, you might get some people to $60 and some people to $350. And that's still you hitting your goal, but you're not going to hit the goals if your images are $5 each and everyone's only buying one. So think about your pricing in a way that is helping people help you hit these goals, which then will cover your cost of doing business and then give you a salary that lets you be profitable on this job. And that's just talking about base pricing for digitals. Now let's think about the pricing for things that you're putting time into or you're putting money into. For example, if you are editing images, you are putting time into those photos and they should be priced accordingly. If you're doing extra retouching, like you're 
removing humans in the background or you're taking out the snow fencing for fast cat or you're doing some kind of um, fancy editing that makes the, the image look more like a portrait, you need to be charging according to the hours that you're spending on each of those images passed on to the client. The other thing you need to account for is the cost of goods, like I've discussed earlier. So if you are selling physical products at events, you will need to account for not only the time it takes you to design and submit those products, but also the cost of the product itself. So even though a water bottle might only cost me $13 to purchase, I'm not going to charge the client $13 because I need to pay myself for the time it took me to retouch that photo so that it looks nice when I put it on the water bottle, get it nice and denoised. It took me time to design the water bottle if they like want the dog cut out and want a name on it, something like that. It took me time to go back and forth with the client about those custom modifications and the proof. So my water bottles are $55 for all of those reasons. It's not just that I looked at the price and said, I'm going to arbitrarily make $42 on this. It's that I've thought about the time that I'm putting into each of these products and what I want to get out of them. And that's the reason that my collages actually cost so much because the 8x10 print I include with it Sure as heck does not cost me $165 to print, but the amount of time I spent doing the design, doing the edits, going back and forth with the client, and making everything perfect for them is directly related to the cost that I am charging. That was a lot of information, and we still have not gotten to the point where I have listed out for you exactly what to sell and exactly what to charge for it, because I'm not going to do that. You need to calculate your own cost of doing business, your own average sales percentage, average sales per client at events based on your past work, and figure out how you're going to frame your products, your brand, your photography to the market and hit those goals for yourself this year so that you can get the salary that you want. And I think that's absolutely the best part of being our own business owners is that we can do whatever we want. We can charge $10 for a low-res image for our event, and then the next event, try $15, see if that works better. We can create a package, see if that works. We can change it to tiered pricing and see if that works. Of course, if you have the same clients for every single event, you might confuse them, but if you're shooting a bunch of different events, different location, different sports, switch things up, see what works, do an A test and a B test, collect data, make these Excel spreadsheets or air tables or Trello boards, whatever you like to use to track. I need you to start collecting that data to see what's working and what's not working. The only way you're going to be able to make improvements on your pricing is to actually know what's happening in the business. Otherwise, you're just kind of wandering in the dark and setting prices based on other businesses and their costs when you're not actually thinking about your own costs. You might do some experiments and see that you actually hit a higher sale with a lower cost per image. Or maybe when you raise your prices up too much, you lose all your sales. The one tip I will give you about setting your prices and choosing your products to sell is to keep it simple. There are psychological studies that show that de decision paralysis is a big thing when it comes to making purchases. And when there are way too many options, people are more likely to not buy anything at all rather than make a decision between them. So try to keep your options limited, keep it really simple and easy to understand, 
but play around with packages, deals, incentives, maybe coupons the first week of sales, just to see if you can encourage people to get to that average sale per person that you're really looking for and increase your profits on each event. I hope that this episode has helped you feel more empowered about setting your prices and understanding your costs and expenses in your business and not so anxious or overwhelmed about what you're charging and what you're getting back out of each event. I also think that all of this knowledge can apply to other dog photography business models, such as mini sessions or even full portrait sessions. If you just think about the amount of hours you're spending per client and your costs for each of those hours, you can really apply this to anything in your business and make sure that you're able to bring home that take-home salary that you really want to have at the end of the year. This is the time to start thinking about it. It's January. So if you want to get that number by the end of the year, start taking actions now so that when December rolls around, you are going to have that salary that you dreamed about back in January. If you need help calculating your cost of doing business or setting your prices or even just spitballing through what you want to sell, what kind of products or digital image structures you want to offer at your events, reach out to me for private coaching. I'm offering a free 15-minute discovery call where we just kind of chat about whatever topic you want and see if we're a good fit together over Zoom. Uh, usually they aren't 15 minutes. I get pretty passionate and can kind of go on forever. But a call can really help us see if coaching could be something that would help your business. You can find me at coaching.barkingdogimages.com. My Facebook group is called The Business Side of Dog Photography. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok. And you can send me an email at any time at coaching at barkingdogimages.com. Thank you all so much. And I'll talk to you in a few weeks.